Welcome to Voices of the Wild Earth, a podcast series from the Idaho Mythweaver. I'm Jane Fritz. I arrive long before sunrise in this dry part of western Montana. The mountains are black silhouettes around me. It's late May, and these traditional lands of the Blackfeet and Salish peoples visited for hundreds of generations during the bison hunts, including by many other tribal nations, are now settled, the valley farmed, the river dammed, the hills mined. Even so, the singing continues. I've known Shane Sater since he was a teenager, living and learning about the birds, plants, and insects in the Northwest. Now, a decade later, he is a naturalist, writer, photographer, and podcaster. His works blend science and art to share and celebrate the natural world around us. Here is his story about the power of song. The sun is just starting to brighten the eastern horizon over the black outlines of the mountains. The island of cottonwood forest around me is mostly silent. But in the distance, near the alfalfa field, I can hear a tree swallow singing. A robin calls sleepily in the waiting darkness, a darkness that carries the scent of new cottonwood leaves. What does it mean to sing? It's an act of expressing aliveness, life and breath, together giving voice and cadence and melody through the syrinx of a bird or through our own throats. Even the wind is a breath. The Spirit of God, as believed in the Judeo-Christian tradition. To sing can be many things. A celebration, a ritual, an expression of joy or heartbreak. Like the birds, we may sing in courtship or in defense of home or space. Through song, we can express healing, gratitude, and unity. This story like song itself, is many things. It's an exploration of how singing, this giving of life in breath, can connect us, not only with other human beings, but also with other creatures with whom we share this earth. It starts simply enough. With my personal experience of the dawn chorus of the birds, something anyone can hear while in nature if they wake up before sunrise in May or June. From there, the story deepens, honoring the voices of Nez Perce elders who share their own stories of the songs of our non-human neighbors, experiences grounded in thousands of years of lived culture and oral histories from the Buffalo Plains of present-day Montana, the cedar forests and camas prairies of the Rocky Mountains to the salmon runs of the Snake River. Five minutes to five, and the reservoir below me is shining with the reflection of the pre-dawn sky. The robins are in full song, and a least flycatcher joins the chorus with an occasional chebec. I hear a single series of hoots from one of the resident great horned owls, and a distant cow starts mooing. By 510, the entire sky has become a faint lavender pastel. The ripples on the reservoir are reflecting golden. The robins are still forming the bulk of the morning symphony of song, 
but yellow warblers and house wrens are chiming in. Two morning doves are singing, and a snipe is winnowing in the distance. At sunrise in spring, it seems like the whole world is singing. Now, uh, I think a morning song, the song that uh, men and women sing to welcome the day and to set the day uh, that we prepare our lives, should be prepared to meet that light that comes to meet us every day. have specific songs to greet the morning. According to the late Mari Waters, who descended from Alakat, Chief Joseph's brother of the Wawama band of Nez Perce. also a traditional storyteller and cultural educator. Back in 1990, she shared a Nesper's morning song with me. Songs like this one from Mari Waters speak not only to culture, but also to a rich conversation with the sunrise, with the cycles and beings of the natural world around us. Uh, the words that I say in that, Atem uh, from above there will come a light, and from that light will learn how to live. And the other verse that I sang was, from above will come a love, and that love will be given to all of us. Back in 1995, when Nez Perce tribal member Leroy Seth spoke with Jane Fritz about wolves, he also spoke of the important role that song can play in our relationships with the non-human beings around us. 
when I heard those wolves howling, it uh, reminded me of the wind. Because uh, many times uh, when you're in the mountains and uh, the wind is at uh, its strongest, you can really hear them and you can just picture animals and especially wolves, even coyotes. They just all kind of, uh, I guess, harmonize together. So when you're either uh, in the trees and it's really windy, you're by a waterfall, you can hear all these different sounds and and many times uh, Indian singers get their songs from these uh, different elements and uh, it's really great. So to me, the wind is uh, really uh, an ally or a good friend. The late Levi Holt had served on the Nespers Tribal Executive Committee and later became the director of the Ambassador Wolf Program. When the decision was made to bring wolves back to the Nez Perce tribal lands, Levi and I visited this home to the Nez Perce wolves more than once. He would speak about many things, especially about the significance and deep impact of songs in nature. The native people of this land uh, revered and respected and worshipped the mountains, the trees, the animals. Each has its own spirit and each has a teaching of its own. So as we walk the force and we walk what I consider the dance of life, then uh, we begin to understand that each was created and each has its own song. And that song, if it is the wind blowing through the trees, Uh, leads and sings of life. And as the wolf howls and uh, as his mate and friends howl through the night, uh, uh, their voices and their speaking of times and their songs that they sing, which to me in many ways uh, have a strong teaching, one learns to understand uh, their feeling and their intent to, to provide for each other. about uh, wolf, bear, and eagle, the the teachings that the animal world has been forgotten uh, in in today's societies. And this is something um, I dream that I've had that keeps coming back, Uh, a message that must be told, that must be brought to the people, Uh, a reminder of compassion and respect and commitment uh, to creation, that uh, we are not all here alone uh, as men, as women, uh, as mankind. We are here with the animal world, with the plants and with the great salmon. And uh, our challenge is to live amongst each other, but yet perpetuate a life of which we've been blessed and given by Creator. My message and my task, if you will, is to bring my song, my dream, through my flute to the people. I work with the wolves, 
day in and out and and those few times that I'm blessed to hear the great howls, uh, the great song of, of the wolves as they call upon the wind and the wind carries their voice through the mountains and through the cheery tops. It, uh, it reminds me of a time perhaps when man was not here and the wolf's voice was the only voice that could be heard. Our challenge is to understand today what those songs are about. Creator has sent the animal world to receive the man-child, to teach the man-child compassion, to teach him respect, to teach him to care, and to lead his people to a future that was planned as Creator has set. The howl of a wolf, the breath of the wind, the songs of the birds in the cottonwoods, the slow turning of our planet towards the dawn, the songs of the wild can touch and inspire us in many ways. In their conversation, Jane Fritz and Leroy Seth considered another take on the meaning of song, in particular, the howling of the wolves. Listening to the howls, it was interesting to, to watch the boys. They all started howling. What, what is it about that? Is it, is it kind of like a common language? Well, the, the howling, you know, uh, many times, uh, whether you're an Indian person sitting at a drum or, or uh, just trying to make a call to a friend, or whether you're uh, of a different race and you're uh, either wrestling or uh, cutting wood or throwing a discus or hollering at... Uh, you know, friend across the street or across the hillside or whatever, it's, it's all related and we uh, have these uh, different sounds that we have to uh, expel or, or say uh, because it's uh, not only good for us to, you know, a psychologist would say, you know, you better really holler loud and, and kick at things and hit pillows and everything else to keep your sanity. And so, that, you know, it all, all fits together. Do least flycatchers sing only to court a mate and defend a space? Or do they express heartbreak, grief, and beauty as well? Does a yellow warbler holler at his friend across the street, singing with frustration? At 5.19, I'm eating my morning toast outside. How could I stay inside on a morning like this? There are pinks and purples in the clouds now. An American goldfinch is making her whiny call. And the least flycatcher is chebecking once every second or so. A common grackle is calling harshly. And one of the bullock's orioles that nest here has begun singing. 
Ten minutes later, it's hard to hear anything new above the cacophony of birdsong. But by cupping my hands over my ears, I pick up a Wilson's warbler, his song ending a bit harsher than the yellow warblers that accompany him. On the other side of the house, a gray catbird is singing his disjointed phrases. The starling, nesting in one of the cottonwoods, has started singing too. And then, down in the wetland, I hear the sandhill cranes bugling. Last week, I saw them leading their two young colts through the alfalfa field. As the sun slips down over the western mountains, lingering a bit longer over the far-off Snake River and the Camas Meadows of Nez Perce country, I can hear a tree swallow again, singing from the nest box by the alfalfa field. The song changes from place to place and season to season, but it always continues, this pouring out of life breath that connects us all. Voices of the Wild Earth podcast are produced by me, Jane Fritz, and associate producer Justin Landtrip for the Idaho Mythweaver. Special thanks to guest writer, photographer, and birdsong recordist Shane Sater, and to Nesper scholar Jeanette Weaskus, who helped guide us on this song journey. This program, called Earth Song, is supported in part by a grant from the Idaho Humanities Council, a state-based program of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Additional funding is from Idaho Forest Group and an anonymous donor. Join us again at mythweaver.org under podcasts or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts under Voices of the Wild Earth Podcasts. To hear more of Shane's work, check out wildwithnature.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>